and welcome to the Backstage Podcast with Aaron Luxford. I'm Aaron Luxford, and this is the first time I've ever done this. I've been interviewed on podcast, obviously, as some of you may have heard, but I've never hosted my own, and I have no fucking clue what I'm doing. Um, this podcast is named after my book. I wrote a book called Backstage, How I Almost Got Rich Playing Drums in a Christian Hardcore Band. That book came out on Tuesday, September 15th, so yesterday, as of recording this podcast. I have no idea when I'm going to put this thing online. Um, but one of the ideas I had to promote the book and really get to expand on a lot of the ideas in the book was to record a podcast for each chapter of the book. Um, so I don't know if I will do this backstage podcast past the 15 chapters of this book. I have a couple ideas for things we could do. Um, backstage, I guess could you could uh, talk to other artists or other writers, or I really like um, chefs and baseball players and things like that. So behind the scenes type of things uh, are really interesting to me. I wrote this book about that. I'd like to know what goes into uh, doing things that I'm interested in, which the main things I'm interested in are cooking, baseball, and music. So I wrote this book about music. Uh, just in case you don't know, I was in a band called As Cities Burn. We were active from 2003 to 2009, went away for a while, came back in 2011, and we've done some tours and random shows since then. We did a 10-year anniversary tour this summer, um, but we're not a full-time band anymore. Um, I wrote this book about the time period between 2003 when I joined the band and 2006 at the end of a record cycle for a record called Sun I Love You True Darkest. It was our first record on Tooth & Nail Solid State Records. It was our most popular record. It outsold our other records by more than double. And that's why I wrote the book, just to give a behind-the-scenes look, behind look at that. I think on the podcast, I'm going to try to get characters uh, from the book to come on here and talk with me and just go over, uh, you know, old memories and talk about things that happened in the book. And really, it's just a chance to elaborate uh, more about um, what happened, which is funny because I... I wrote 50,000 words and 15 chapters, a couple hundred pages of a book, and I go back through reading it and looking at it, and there's stuff I wish I'd got to say that I didn't talk about. Um, that's really frustrating. But on this podcast, I'll be able to do that. So I tried to record this earlier in the day, and recording a podcast I think is going to be a little weird in the middle of the day. It's like the idea of doing stand-up comedy when it's still bright out. Not that I am a stand-up comic or even funny. Uh, most people that, not most people maybe, but a lot of people, if you read my blogs or if you see the things I post on the As Cities Burn Facebook page, um, As Cities Burn fans don't think I'm that funny. They think I'm a giant fucking asshole. So anyway, let's get into it. Um, let's talk about the first chapter of this book. Um I think I just want to go into just starting the process of writing this book. The first chapter is called This Is It, which is actually a song title um, uh, of an As Cities Burn song off of our second record, Come Now Sleep. And it just felt like an appropriate title 
for the first chapter. Kind of sarcastic a little bit, like I wasn't sure what the book was going to be whenever I started writing this. And so it's just kind of like this chapter, this is it. This is what I know how to do. Um, I, I don't have anything else. I'm not going to be any better at writing than what you read in this chapter. Um, so it just kind of felt like I'm going to put this out there and I'm just going to let it ride and see what happens. And as I started typing, it all just kind of fell into place. And writing that first chapter, it just felt really good. And I felt really um, excited about the direction I decided to uh, take the book because um, that's what the first chapter is. You're setting up the book. You're setting up um, the end of what in the music business we call a record cycle. We had put out a record in the summer of 2005. Um, and so a lot of times a record cycle will actually last a little longer than that. But because of uh, a lot of things that were going on in our band, which you'll find out about later in the book, um, this was going to be kind of the end of that record cycle. We were at the end of what was supposed to be a farewell tour, uh, because we were breaking up that summer and that was the plan. Um, but then of course we didn't break up. Uh, we decided to stay together cause we did this last tour and we just thought, man, this band is too awesome. We can't, or not this band is too awesome, but what we have going is just really cool and really great. And the way we're connecting with fans is just, um, you know, it's it's rare and it's something we need to appreciate and uh, keep going. Um, so the book opens at the end of that tour uh, at what was supposed to be our last show in New Orleans at House of Blues, um, which is one of my favorite venues to play in the entire world. It's such an intimate, awesome venue. And since our band, As It Is Burn, was from Louisiana, we always had really, really cool shows there. Um, but uh, yeah, I just wanted to set the stage um, I was trying to just show people and tell people what New Orleans is like, get a little bit of a feel for that, like standing out on the street, drinking beer, just being super fucking hot, super fucking humid, um, all this stuff, and um, talking about drinking too early in the day and how that's just something that happens in New Orleans and you are, you're always going to regret it the next day. And I used that uh, metaphor of comparing that to my life. The um, It's one of my favorite lines of the book, actually. Uh, I'm going to read it real quick. Uh, it's actually a paragraph. If I'd only known the truth in that moment, sipping my beer, watching my friends in Jonesetta load their gear through the back entrance of House of Blues on Decatur Street, that this was as big as it gets. By the time As Cities Burn would come to an end in 2009, I would be humbled and broken, devastated by the suicide of a friend, a failed marriage, and the collapse of my band. No ill-advised night of drinking in New Orleans could match the metaphorical hangover that my life would become. Um, that last line there, the no ill-advised Ill night of drinking in New Orleans could match the metaphorical hangover that my life would become. That just kind of sums it up uh, for me <laughs> Um, the next few years after 2006, the way things went with As Cities Burn and in my personal life, um, it's very depressing, I guess. Uh, and there was a feeling when I started writing this book of kind of being bummed out, like about the way As Cities Burn had gone and where our career had gone. And I get a lot of criticism for that. On the internet, people say I'm not grateful or they say I talk too much about money or how much money we didn't make um, or how big we didn't get. But 
when you're really passionate about something um, from the time that you're a teenager, and like in our instance, all I wanted to do was be on Tooth & Nail Records. I wanted to be in a band that got a record deal on Tooth & Nail. Um, and it was because I love music, and it's because I love playing music. But it was also, I loved music and wanted it to be my profession. I didn't want it to just be a hobby. That wasn't enough for me. There was a drive to take it to another level. Um, and, you know, I really, I hate when people say, well, I just play music for the love of music and the passion of music. And uh, that's cool, I guess. But, you know, what the what does it matter if, if nobody's going to get to hear it or if you're not going to make a difference or... Um, if you're not going to affect people in some way. Um, and there's different levels throughout a band's career. You know, you it's super cool playing the small shows in the basement or the house shows, um, but you wouldn't want to play those shows to nobody. Like, that's fucking pointless. So I don't understand that argument of you don't care about money or you don't care about if anybody hears what you're doing. Um, I don't, for me anyway... I don't see the point in creating something if you're not going to try to put it out for the world to hear. Um, so if you hear my uh, wife and kids yelling in the background, that's because they are yelling in the background. Um, my wife, family's crazy. Anyway, um, so yeah, there was a level of disappointment with As Cities Burn that I wanted to go ahead and from the get-go communicate to the reader like, Hey, this doesn't end up well. It's a foreshadowing method, I guess. I don't really know a lot about literature, to be honest with you. I dropped out of college when I was 19 to join As Cities Burn and go on tour. So I am um, not like an educated dude. <laughs> but yeah, the foreshadowing felt appropriate to me. I like the idea of kind of giving away what's going to happen in the end. And then just have to watch the <laughs> depression and tragedy unfold in front of you. Um, so yeah, that was really, uh, for me, the big point of the first chapter. Just setting that up. Um, kind of going into depth about what our band was kind of like. I talk about how we never really took it that seriously in the business sense. Um, you know, we weren't very good with our decision making. We weren't. Um, some tours that we we decided to do just weren't that great of ideas to do. Um, maybe hurt our career at different points. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, man, this is uh, hard. Just being by yourself and doing a podcast, not having anybody to talk to. Uh, let's see, where else can we go in this first chapter here that I'd like to extrapolate on? Uh, yeah, you know, I skip ahead to the future. I like to address that the book is not meant to be about the entire career of As Cities Burn. I'm really trying to focus on a specific time period between 2003 and 2006. I'm kind of leaving it open to where I could write another book about As Cities Burn and our career if I wanted to. There's so much to tell in that second half of our career, and it's going to be, if I decide to do that, it's going to be a very, very difficult book to write because... Things got a little more intense, uh, personally and professionally. Uh, in in my life, I had a crazy relationship that I was going through, um, and I a lot of people have been like, "Dude, you haven't talked to you know you talk about a failed marriage in this book, but you don't go into it at all." Well, none of that really happened during the timeline of this book. The very beginning of it had started, um, but I was trying to just keep it within 
I kind of restricted myself a little bit, which may or may not have been a good thing. But I was like, I want to write about this time period. I want to stay in here and tell the story in that way. And that relationship and that marriage that fell apart eventually, um, it pretty much occurred outside of this time period. But that leaves a lot of drama and a lot of uh, interesting, crazy stories to tell um, if I do decide to write another book. Um, the other main thing about this first chapter is I wanted to set up why I'm even choosing to write this book, um, which the question of why can be a little bit frustrating. Like, why did you write a book? I was watching um, a documentary last night called Man on Wire. Super popular. I'm sure a lot of you have seen it or a lot of you, whoever the fuck is listening to this thing. But it's about the guy who does the tightrope and uh, across the World Trade Centers and, you know, the daredevil, just wire wire walker um, thing. It's insane. He walks across a, a high wire across the World Trade Centers. It's absolutely crazy. It's a really good documentary. I think it probably won an Oscar. But... Um, Afterwards, you know, whenever he went to jail and all the media and he got really famous, people kept asking him why, 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 why did he write the – or why did he walk the wire? And he was frustrated. He was like, why does there have to be a why? Why can't it just be this was a beautiful thing to do and let's just acknowledge that and do that? So I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm not trying to compare <laughs> writing my book to uh, walking a wire across the World Trade Center. Um, and I even guess I have a why behind writing the book, but there is a sense of like, why not write this book? Why not, um, tell these stories? And if I feel like I have a grasp on how to tell a story through writing, it just seemed like a good thing to do and a right thing to do. And, um, seemed like people might find it interesting. Uh, I really wanted to make sure that I didn't get too personal with the way I talked about the other members of the band. Um, I'm really good friends with everybody in the band still, except for the bass player that, well, if you read the book, you'll find out more about that. But Cody, Colin, TJ, um, who they were all in the band uh, during this period of the band. And, um, you know, we're still all really good friends. And I live down the street from Cody. And there's definitely stuff that I don't address in the book that was personal that may happen between us or arguments or fights or frustrations with our personalities. Um, but... I was pretty adamant on the idea of wanting to make myself look worse than everyone else, if anything. And I didn't even want to make anybody look bad. I just wanted to tell the story of what it was like for a bunch of kids to get together and say, hey, let's drop out of college, go on tour, and see what happens. Let's try to make this thing go. Um, so, yeah, as far as the personal things in the book in relation to other members of the band it's not really in there um out like i said outside of the bass player who we would eventually kick out and ask to leave the band um so that was important to me to set up why in that sense what i was going to talk about the book in the book why i was writing the book um i felt like it was just this whole experience is something i could appreciate at this point in my life you know, I'm 32 years old. I have a wife and two kids. Um, I'm happy with my life now, but there's a lot of professional disappointment. Um, and this was a way just to kind of get those thoughts and feelings down on paper. And uh, I'm really glad I did it. You know, um, I think it was a good exercise for me. The fact that I actually finished a book and ended up 
um, putting it out and getting people to buy it is a fucking miracle. Um, and it's super awesome. Uh, I talk a little bit about how, like, I would like the idea of making it seem like I just wrote this book for the love of writing and not caring what people think and all that stuff. And, um, but the truth is, and as many of you pointed out today on my face, on the As Cities Burn Facebook, like, I do want to sell a shit ton of copies of this book. I do want to make a lot of money. Um, you know, I would, it would be awesome to go on TV and talk about the book. Like, I'm just being honest. I don't know what else to say. I don't want to ever put off that, um, it's all about passion for me. Or if you're passionate about something, that's all that matters. No, I have goals with this book and I have ideas of what I would like to like it to do as far as sales. And I want to make a living doing, doing this. Like I want to make a living writing and selling books or doing other things that go along with writing. It's not just for passion and just for the love of what I'm doing, uh, of writing. Like it, it, that I don't operate that way and you can dislike that and you can not agree with that. Um, I find that usually the people that, uh, push back on that are 18, 19, 20 year old kids that don't have a lot of responsibility in life and haven't had to, um, deal with just real world stuff. Maybe I'm selling them short on that. Maybe I'm, uh, jumping to a conclusion that is unfair to them, but that's just my perspective on the matter. So, uh, yeah, I think it's just, uh, an interesting story. I mean, like I said, some 19 year old kids dropped out of college, went on tour, tried to go get a record deal, tried to build up a fan base. And even though we didn't get as big and we didn't blow up and become super famous and make enough money, uh, to like even buy a house at the end of it, like, uh, it worked in a sense. Like we have some really awesome fans to this day. We just did a 10 year tour with a ton of kids coming out. Um, still singing all the words and loving everything. And then people buying this book that are fans of our, our band has been a testament to, um, the impact we've had on the music scene. So I'm super grateful for that. No matter how much I've come off as an asshole in the way I write, I genuinely am grateful for the support. I'm genuinely grateful for As Cities Burn's career. And um, the writing is probably just an exaggeration of true things about my personality. Um, and it's meant to be entertaining. And uh, if it's not entertaining, then why are you reading it? Why are you going to read my blog if it's not entertaining or controversial? Like, I posted headlines on the blog that were super non-controversial, and nobody fucking reads them. And then I post one that is controversial. I get a ton of hits, a ton of interaction. I get a lot of people that seem to hate me, and uh, it's really amazing how mad people can get on the Internet. Um for not me even saying anything personal about them, just talking about my experience. And people don't seem to take to negativity too well, but I'm a pretty negative guy, I guess. Um, I have a bit of a cynical outlook on life and the music business. And you might too, if uh, you've been through what I've been through. So I don't know, maybe read the book and judge for yourself if I'm just a total fucking asshole and uh, ungrateful, but... I feel like I'm actually a quite balanced and happy person uh, in general, 
and this is just all really fun for me. Um, so, yeah, that's probably all, all I want to say about this first chapter. Like I said, I just wanted to set it up, show you where the book was going, and what it's going to be about, which is what you do in the first chapter of a book, what you do in the first episode of a podcast. I'm going to try to get somebody else on here to um, uh, be a guest so it's not just me talking for 20 minutes. I appreciate you listening. And if you haven't already bought the book, you can go to badchristian.com forward slash backstage. You can buy a physical or a digital copy there. You can also find the book on Amazon. And if you have bought the book and you like the book, I really encourage you to go leave a uh review on Amazon. That's super helpful. Uh, also, another thing I'm working on, I'm actually setting up a few uh, book club type things uh, for people that have already bought the book or want to read the book uh, to get some friends together and um, read the book and then you know meet up like you at the book club and you talk about the book and have a discussion. But the cool thing I want to do is I want to Skype in uh, for a part of those book club meetings and take part in the discussion with the people that read the book and do a question and answer. So it's like a virtual book tour, I guess, or a virtual thing where you go to like a bookstore and read part of your book and talk to people and whatever. So I guess I won't be able to sign over the internet, but anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, this backstage podcast with Aaron Lunsford. I'm actually pretty excited about doing this because I just talked for 21 minutes by myself, and that's pretty fucking amazing. Alright, thank you guys. All